In today's episode, I'm interviewing Mike and Kim Barnes of Barnes Team Media. I got so excited to dive into today's topic with them, and I know them so well that I didn't get into as much about how you can take advantage of all they have to offer, and trust me, you're going to want access to them. With 30 years of experience working on the news, Barnes Team Media offers training and coaching for corporate executives, business owners, and entrepreneurs who want to improve their impact and effectiveness when they're on camera or on a stage. They help take away the fear of putting yourself out there or not knowing what to say that often comes when you're creating a video, giving a virtual presentation, doing a media interview, that includes podcasts, or speaking in public. They work with their clients individually and in group sessions. You can find several programs that they offer on their website, including an on-camera crash course and preparing for virtual job interviews. Their website is barnesteammedia.com, and you'll find it linked in our show notes. Now, on to the show. I'm Christy Bilbrey. Right after college, I started my career in the Senate press office and then the White House. For the next seven years, I worked in corporate marketing before starting my own business. As soon as I did, the one thing I realized that none of those experiences taught me was how to market myself. Promoting yourself can mess with your head. Discovering brand storytelling and learning how to put it to work in my messaging saved my business. Once I learned this, I started teaching other business owners how to put it to work in their business as well. I created the Business That Storybuilt podcast to help strengthen the stories we tell ourselves and the stories we tell others. Audiences crave the human side of businesses. They want to get to know you, follow you, and interact with you outside of the buying experience. This can be intimidating to say the least. If you're ready to take your mindset and your messaging to the next level, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Thanks for joining today. I'm really excited for you guys to meet today's guests. These have been clients of mine. In fact, with my new podcast booking service, they were the first to put their trust in me when I was brand new and they knew a friend of mine, but they didn't know me and they've just been amazing. You are going to love them. I can't wait to read you their intro and what they're all about. Mike and Kim Barnes have each spent 30 years on the air. They coach clients for an on-camera impact in virtual communication, video and media interviews and public speaking as Barnes Team Media, which is barnesteammedia.com. If you go to their website, they do have an on-camera crash course that you can find, and you can just check out their different programs there. Kim was an award-winning reporter and news anchor for 15 years, including more than a decade at KVUE in Austin. She also taught television news reporting at the University of Texas and continued doing on-air and voiceover work since she left the newsroom. Mike Barnes was an award-winning sportscaster at KVUE. For over 29 years, he was named Best Sportscaster in Austin 17 years and Best in Texas four times. Mike and Kim have a 24-year-old son who graduated from Texas A&M and a 22-year-old daughter who graduated from the University of Texas. They have parents in their 80s in Dallas and Houston and are navigating long-distance caregiving. They launched Parenting Aging Parents in 2021 in an effort to help others trying to help their parents. It includes expert interviews, resources, and a community of support 
That website is parentingagingparents.com. I wanted to make sure, even though they're they're coming on today to talk to you about how to be a better interviewee, and we're actually going to have two um, two episodes. One is how to be a better interviewer for those of you who have podcasts, want to be podcasters, and then maybe you're also a podcast guest, and you're going to want to make sure you listen to both interviewee and interviewer. But I did want to mention the Parenting Aging Parents. That's actually what I was able to work with them on. It's really an amazing service that they offer. If you are like me, you're in the middle of life, then you really need to start thinking about these things and taking care of your parents. Okay. That is my quick plug for that. We're going to have show notes. We're going to have links in the show notes, but thank you both so much for joining today. Um, I'm excited to get started and really just help my listeners become better interviewees. This this series that we're doing is on thought leadership and how to be a better thought leader. And to get yourself out there to be a thought leader, you need to really start uh, getting interviewed. So I'm excited to hear all of your pearls of wisdom for us today. <laughs> well, we're excited to be with you. Yeah. Yes. You're putting so, the pressure on us though. Thanks. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit. I mean, you're coming at this from such a unique angle. You have been new, you've been on the news for 30 years and you have also this new business. So you've been interviewed a lot. So when it comes to being an interviewee, you kind of get to look at it from both angles. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would love to know what, when you, when you came into that, um, what maybe was different than you anticipated when you started getting interviewed? It, It was really funny for, for us, I, or at least for me, to, to think about the fact that, oh, now I'm needing to use all the things I've been teaching others of how to be interviewed uh, for all these years. So it, it, it has been really interesting. The one thing that I'll be totally honest, I get nervous when I'm going to be interviewed. And I think it's because I just want to do a good job and I want to be able to share that important information. And I think that's pretty normal because sure. most people, that, when you're going on to share your expertise, But I also have to say that, especially in the podcast world, it's really fun because it is having conversations. Mm -hmm. And so I think it takes a little bit of the, not pressure, when you're looking for only having sound bites, and I know I'm just going to be part of a story and they're going to need 10 seconds for me, it's different. So I like the podcast format where you often have a little more time to be able to share what you want to share. I think anyone who knows Kim might be surprised that she says she gets nervous because she's a huge extrovert, <laughs> loves to talk, loves to see people, loves to have conversations. So I'm like, really? You get nervous? <clears throat> Which is surprising to me and anyone who knows her. Me, I, I basically, I'd say never, but I never get nervous on TV or radio anymore. Really? Because I'm I'm a huge introvert, but I, I figured out a long, long time ago that even though when I first started, I thought you could see my heart beating through my <laughs> shirt. Like, oh my gosh, I am so nervous. My heart is beating out of my shirt. This is going to be embarrassing. This is terrible. But I figured out a long time ago that that I'm talking, whether it's on TV as a sportscaster or being interviewed for Barnstein Media or something else, that people are listening to me as, a, as the expert. So I need to own that, be mm-hmm. confident of that, and know that I kind of control the conversation. So have that in mind and don't picture the hundreds or thousands or millions of people who are watching or listening. Mm-hmm. Just look at that one person, man. And if, whether it's look at the camera or if you're looking at the microphone, if you're on the radio, but, but just imagine that one, per, one person, in this, in this case you, but just imagine that person and picture that and just talk to them. And oh, if that's you're, so great. To them, you're having a great conversation and you, mm-hmm. I don't worry about anything else. And I know that it, it, it's, 
easier said than done. I'm, I'm probably simplifying it too much, but that's why I honestly, I'm, my heart never beats like that anymore. But boy, back in the early nineties, <laughs> he was super, oh, super wow, shy. I'm, yeah. I was so nervous. Yeah. I could tell you stories. Yeah. You got a lot of stories. Yeah. Oh, that's good. No, I, I really like that because it, you know, it sounds like it, it doesn't necessarily matter if you're an introvert, extrovert, it's really just a state of mind and a decision that you make ahead of time. This is how I choose to show up and where I choose to put my focus. I think that's yeah. great advice. And one of the things I think about as an extrovert that I feel like I can say is that while most of the time when I'm having a conversation with people, I love to share information. So I'm not nervous about that part of it, but just because I'm comfortable getting up on stage and talking, it doesn't necessarily make me good at it. If that mm. makes sense, there's still those things that we need to be thinking about what are the most important things that I can share with the people that I'm talking to with today? What are the, 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 the pearls of wisdom that I might have to be able to share so that I don't just go on and blab and blab and blab and blab, because that's not necessarily beneficial to somebody for sure. Yeah. But you, you have to know that you're never going to be perfect. And Kim is a perfectionist. <laughs> I, I used to be, but you have to know that you're not going to be perfect. So just make it the best it's going to be, but know that no matter who it is, somebody's going to watch, including yourself, if you watch it back and you're going to go, I can't believe I, I said that, or I can't believe I didn't move my hair. And oh, that was terrible. Oh, I can't believe my shirt looked like that. there's going to be something that you're going to go, gosh, it would have been great if I'd done that. There's going to be something that you're going to find that could have been better. Mm -hmm. But just know if you do it the best you can be, then that's what people like about you. Be you and, and know that people love you for who you are. They like you for, you know, the way you act, the way you talk, the way you speak, the way you, you present yourself. So, so be that person and it should work for you. I like that. That kind of leads into, you know, the next question about preparation. So that's definitely kind of that mental preparation that is so needed that I think people want to focus maybe on, well, what are the questions and what am I going to wear? And it's okay. You need to take a minute and get your head right. So that's good. <laughs> Just in talking about some of the other ways to prepare to be interviewed, what are some things that you have found um, just in thinking through, you know, Kim, you were talking about your message. What are the pearls of wisdom? So how do you you know, I, I think just a couple ways, practically speaking, I don't want people to be fearful that, oh my gosh, that's going to take me hours. And, you know, what, what's kind of a, a game plan that can simplify this for people? What are kind of the main pieces that you think, okay, as long as I think through these and spend about this much time, I'm going to feel comfortable. Well, I think part of it starts with some of the questions that you can ask of the host ahead of time, just so that you know what to expect. Because I do think that you want to do the things that will set yourself up for success. So if it's helpful for you to know, this is a, you know, normally a five minute podcast, a 15 minute podcast, a 30 minute podcast, an hour long podcast, it just helps you sort of think through if it's a really long podcast. Okay. I need to have some stories. I need to have lots of stories probably, or examples, <laughs> because that's going to be a, a pretty lengthy podcast. So knowing some of those questions, what kind of, of, of the host, you know, a lot of times they give you the questions ahead of time, which can be helpful as a, as a frame of reference but we wouldn't necessarily recommend that you go and try to write out full answers to every single one of those as well, because then you're going to be tempted to want to read that. And if it's an audio only podcast, technically you could read it, but then it sounds like you're reading, not right. having a conversation. So I, I really, as I'm saying these out loud, there's, there's lots that we could unpack in all of these pieces. So mm -hmm. we can go back to some of these if you want to, but I think, you know, at, knowing what questions to ask about the, 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 of the host, you know, what are the, what are, what's the time frame going to look like? Is mm -hmm. it video or is it just audio only? Those are important, especially if you 
you know, if you are wanting to see, want to make sure that you show up well on mm -hmm. camera, because mm -hmm. uh, those are different things about that as well. Uh, and then I think it's, you know, doing a little bit of research about who the host is, what their podcast is, what the, who their audience is, and that kind of thing. Yeah. To me, the biggest thing is, is knowing what you want to say in, mm -hmm. in that case, you, what are your key points? What, what's the subject matter, but what do you want to get across? So when we're doing our, our podcast about parenting, aging parents, I have an idea about what the questions are going to be. Now, maybe they've said the exact ones, maybe they've emailed us the exact questions, but chances are they're not going to read the questions word for word. They're going to change a couple of words here and there, but it's going to be a basic question. So I know they're going to say, you know, how did you start parenting aging parents? Mm -hmm. Is it tough having a mom who has Alzheimer's? You know, those type of questions that come about. So if I'm in the shower, if I'm out running, something like that, I ask myself the same question and then I practice saying it. Now that doesn't mean I'm memorizing it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say it the same way every time, right. but it's also not where, you know, when Chrissy asked me the question, I'm like, Oh, well, um, um, well, we started uh, parenting aging um, parents because um, well, my mom has um, Alzheimer's and you know, you're doing something <laughs> like that. And it's like, hello, you, it's your story. Again, again you're right. the expert, you own it and it's your story. So, so say it and say it well. But that also doesn't mean that you're memorizing and saying the exact same way every time. So be prepared to say it different ways. So if I'm out running, I run, you know, maybe five days a week, I'll say it different ways every time because I'll kind of change up the way that the person who's asking the question says it. But that sure. gets me that gets me used to where I know that I'm going to mention, yeah, about 10 years ago, my mom showed signs of Alzheimer's. You know, about six years ago, we told mom and dad they need to move. You know, about year and a half ago, mom moved into memory care. You know, I, I know the, the order. I know how I'm going to say things. And I don't say the exact same way, but I know how to get those points across. And that's, that's the biggest thing is that you don't want to finish the podcast and say, well, that was a fun conversation. Oh, I didn't even mention this or this or this. Mm -hmm. Wow. What right. did we even talk about? Mm -hmm. You know, make sure that, that you get what you want out, out in the open. Well, and one thing that I've noticed that you do really well too, is also knowing how do I share that same story, if you will, in a shorter version or a longer version mm -hmm. based on how long the podcast is going to yeah. be. Then I know, okay, this is a shorter form. So I need to actually be able to explain this and summarize this really fast. So the more you can practice it saying short versions, medium versions, longer versions, you'll be able to, to feel more comfortable when they do say, oh, and by the way, this is a five minute interview. And you think, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm used to doing these really long ones. And I, and I think that just to, to add on to what Mike said, I think the value of saying things out loud is really important because we can think through things in our head but it often sounds different when we say it out loud. And, it, yes. and it's just good to get used to you hearing yourself talk, which sounds sort of weird because it's well, easy to get in your own head and start overthinking. You never say, um, in your thoughts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you never say, um, in your thoughts. But when you start saying it, even if you know it, it's your life, you'll say, um, yeah, I was I, born in Dallas, Texas. Um, and you know, you go, um, um, what's next? But when you're just thinking it, you never say um. It sounds there's no, great. There's no likes. There's no <laughs> that's ands. Right. There's no buts. You don't use crutch words when you're when you're in your head. That's right. That's I've never thought of it, but you're exactly right. Yep. Yeah. Well, and that's so also. Of, oh, go ahead, Kim. I would say so. Just lots of things that you can do to prepare when you know your key points. The things that I want to make sure that I mention, even if they don't ask me specifically in that way, but I feel like that would add to that 
uh, answer to that to the conversation. You know, what are the things that I think are really important for uh, me to feel like at the end of this interview, I can feel complete because I got to share all of those things. And it doesn't mean you have to share all of that in the first answer no. because you don't know how the conversation is going to go. But just you know, having in your mind those few points that are so important that you feel like you want to make sure that you share. Yeah. Well, and that kind of brings up if if you feel like the you know, you have this idea of, okay, this, these are my main message points that I want to share. And for whatever reason, the, cause you're going to get all different levels of interviewers when you throw yourself out there to get interviewed. And what if they're not coming to something that you thought was a totally obvious question that for sure they were going to ask and they're not doing it. How can you as the interviewee kind of steer them toward, or at least find a way to steer your answers toward the message that you're there to convey. That's an, that's an easy answer because okay. you, you control the, the, the question, you control what okay. is said. I mean, yes, you're asking the question, but now after you ask that question, I can say anything I want. You get to choose yeah, how you, you get answer. to choose how you answer. So it's very easy to, to do an and or so or a but, you know, throw in one of those proverbial crutch words, but then throw in we have one appropriate, but throw in whatever it is that you really want to say. If they haven't mentioned parenting aging parents at all, it's like, okay, now I can talk about it. If they haven't mentioned Alzheimer's at all, okay, I can talk about it at any time. I just need to throw that in, add it in, and make sure that it's part of my answer. And th that's the beauty of it, again, that you control it. You're the expert, so you can say yes. basically whatever you want. Now, yes, it could be stopped where the, the interviewer could say, oh, okay, Mike, that's good, but I want to know more about X, Y, or Z, but you can, can, can move into whatever direction you want. Now, it doesn't, Kim and I were talking about it earlier, it doesn't sound very good if you say, I don't really want to talk about that. <laughs> and then you're quiet. You can say, Christy, that's a good question. Yeah. And I think it's very important for people to know about, about their mom and, and where they're living. But I really want to talk about Alzheimer's because Alzheimer's blah, blah. And then go into that. Mm -hmm. You didn't ask me about that, but then I can go into that very easily as opposed to you know, kind of no comment. Yeah, having, like that, having like, a very negative yeah. reaction because it's going to be negative not to not only to you but to the the viewer or the listener. It's going to say, "Wow, this guy's kind of a jerk," well, because all he said was, "Yeah, I don't really want to talk about that." Yeah, there's ways to be able because to... again, you control it. You control how you say it and how you come across, so you can make sure that even though you're not answering that question exactly the way the interviewer wanted, it, you're still sounding good, positive, and answering it in the way that you want it to be said. And, and Excellent PR the, advice. <laughs> yes. And, and technically in the world of media training, if you will, you know, that's, you can call it redirect, you can call it flagging, bridging. There's lots of different sort of terminology for that, but, yeah. but in the, in the end of it, it's the, the idea that you're in control of the conversation. You get to choose where you want to focus your attention and what you want to, where you want to steer the conversation, hopefully. Yeah. Now, you, you don't want to get impatient. And on the very first question, when the first question is not anything about the subject that you really want to talk about, you blurt in, oh, but I really want to say this and this and this and, and throw it all out there. It's like the interviewer is saying, well, hey, I, that I've, was got, like, I've got my <laughs> list of questions and it's, it's down here. I was going to ask you about it near the end, but okay, right. let's talk about it now. You know, so don't <laughs> rush it. But again, if you're if you're getting near the end and they haven't brought it up at all, it's like, mm -hmm. okay, maybe they forgot. Mm -hmm. Maybe right. they didn't, maybe they're trying to memorize their questions and they, they didn't realize it or you were talking about something else. So they got off track, off subject. So then sure, make sure you got it in, but don't, don't rush, especially when it's a, a good long podcast interview. Don't feel like you have to rush it to get in those first two or three minutes because mm -hmm. you've got a long time to get your, your point across. Good point. I, I love how it's 
don't, you don't have to wait for an invitation. You know, it is up to you what you're going to say. But I also like the, if you do get asked a question that maybe you do feel a little uncomfortable and you don't necessarily want to answer, I really like how you said, that is a great question. And then you kind of started to steer them in the direction that you want. That is, that's so great. And I think that alone should give people peace of mind. If you're nervous about going on thinking, oh my gosh, what if they ask me these things that I just have no clue? That's a perfect answer for that. And, and just to go back on uh, something that you mentioned earlier and talking about the timing and the length. So what about, even if, even if you are going to be on, let's say a podcast. So let's say you have anywhere from 20 to 60 minutes usually. And, you know, like something that, that I've started doing is creating reels to help promote my podcast. So when you can provide a soundbite, how do you, how do you build that into your messaging? And I guess I'm sure that just takes practice, but what kind of tips would you have for that? That's such a great point because I think that even in a longer format, if somebody wants to pull out a little bit, I've seen a lot of people now that will put a little soundbite at the beginning of the podcast intro to kind right. of entice people to, to continue listening. Um, you know, whether it's for that or for you know a news story that's just you're getting a little clip. I think that for me, what I have found is that sometimes I'll try to almost summarize. And that can be end up being the soundbite, if you will, that even though I may be explaining here are the main points uh, and I'm, or here's kind of the story or the example that I'm using that I realize, okay, this is a little bit lengthy, but at the end of the day, is it that we need to make sure that you know that you're in control of the conversation? You know, like that's a kind of an example of that while I've explained how that works and why you can have your key points and why mm -hmm. you can you know, answer the way you want to, if I can summarize it with something that kind of pulls it together, that then can help create a soundbite, if you will. And there's to, different ways. And to me, it's not just summarizing, but but adding emphasis mm -hmm. and, mm. and really helping to make your point that here's this one part that I really want you to remember. I really want you to know this so that, you know, maybe you've had a question that you've answered with three or four different things. And then at the end, whether you're summarizing it or just saying the main thing again, you're really emphasizing it in five seconds or 10 seconds, even 15 seconds, where you're, you're emphasizing what's that main thing you really want the people who are listening or the interviewer to really know and make that point. And by doing that, you're like, oh, wow, he really made a point there. Mm -hmm. So I, now I can, I can take that and you know, if you wanted to use it mm -hmm. for something or if, or if you just want to make sure people remember that one thing, because I've told you five different things, but I want you to remember this one thing. Right. And then now you know that. And that sometimes it's something sort of catchy or yeah. clever. I mean, I, I think again, that, that goes back to practicing. And again, yeah. not, again, not where you're rehearsing, where you sound scripted or you're mm -hmm. like an actor and like, oh, here's my line, <laughs> but, but, but that, that you, you know what it is you want to say, you know, what, what are the main things you want to say about your business or about the topic or about your book or what, you know, whatever it is, your subject matter is, what, what are the main points you want to make and think about those, those main points. And is there one big one? that you really want people to know about. And, and for me, it's, it's the fact that even though if you're a shy introvert like me, you can still be good and successful if you just know that you're in control. And there, boom, I just said it. So you can- You just that. gave us a boom. great soundbite, right? <laughs> exactly, I gave you a great, but, but, but again, but, but, but I slowed it down and I emphasized it. That's what you would do in person. When you're talking to your best friend or to your spouse or, or whoever, you would do that to the same 
the same style to where you're going to slow down and really emphasize this one point about whatever it is you're talking about. And it's the same thing here, even though you're looking at a camera lens, even though you feel like you're talking to an inanimate object, no offense, mm -hmm. but, but you're just, you know, you're just talking, you know, you're, you're thousands of miles away from me, but I'm talking and I'm making my point to Christy. And I want you to know that you're in control. Don't be shy. And boom, you're able to get that across. And it doesn't mean that you're, you know, you've been running every day and practicing saying it. So you say it the exact same way every time. Because again, then it's going to sound stilted and boring. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people are going to fall asleep on it. But but no, what is that point? What is it that you want people to know about? And once you're able to, to summarize that and figure out different ways to say it, then it's easy to share. Well, and sometimes, and sometimes they just sort of come to you. Like, I'd really love to know, have you ever actually thought about the fact that you don't say um in your thoughts no i thought about it when you said it <laughs> did you okay so because like i i uh, i love that and so sometimes they just come to you a little yeah. bit and so just be open to that as well so mm -hmm. don't think that you have to be so focused on well here's how i thought i was going to answer that question so i have to stick to that if something comes to you you know vet it a little bit i guess as you're saying it before <laughs> you say it but 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 don't feel like you have to stay to your Script, script either yeah i like that i think that just giving yourself a little bit of freedom that it's good to be you know to have some practice to know your key message points to know you're in control and you'll find a way to work them in and you don't have to answer anything you don't want to answer that you can choose how you're going to say that um mm -hmm. and and get your sound bites in i think something also with podcasts so podcasts a lot of times now they are they're on zoom and you can look the person in the eye and that makes it much easier occasionally you're not occasionally some people will just have an audio version where even if you are on zoom you may just be looking at a black screen and you can't see the other person mm -hmm. and i remember when i worked at the law firm and we were doing more phone uh, teleconferences and you're not looking at anyone and it's easy to kind of zone out and not connect. So I think one other question would be finding ways to connect with your audience. If you, A, if you don't have a visual frame of reference, or even if you have a little bit, just how do you kind of break through the, the microphone, so to speak, and really make sure that your audience, you, you build that. So as thought, you know, as thought leaders, we really want to make sure our audience connects with us. So any pointers you have on how to do that? I'm gonna let you take this, but because I think that I know exactly what you're gonna say, and it, but I think it's good. But I think it's also just paying really close attention and taking away distractions. Mm -hmm. Because I do think that when you are audio only, especially, it's easy to kind of look around, is my phone over here? Mm. Um, you know, is there something going on outside? So you actually, in some ways, have to pay attention a lot harder for right. some of us who tend to. Some of us who tend to, you know, be distracted easily, mainly me, uh, you know, just take away the things that might distract you. Again, just another example of how do you set yourself up for success. But yeah. when it comes to connecting, I'm going to let you take that. I think the two biggest things are number one, if you're on audio only, mm -hmm. then you're going to, chances are, for most people, you're, you may be getting, be sent a list of your questions that the interviewer is going to ask you. And okay. now- because it's audio only, you're going to, you know, get out your, your pencil or your pen and go, okay, on that one, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this. And then when you're asked the question, you're going to say, mm -hmm. well, I started parenting aging parents, 
when my mom had Alzheimer's and, and oh my gosh, you sound terrible because right. you're not, you're not talking, you're not connecting with anyone. All you're doing there is reading. And, mm-hmm. and that, that's, that's one thing is that so many people get into that habit, whether it's the interviewer who has their list of questions and sticks well, only to that, sticks only to sure. that and, and reads them the, the entire time, but especially the interviewee where, you know, the questions that are coming, whether it's because you've been told, because you just know, here's, here's what I'm always asked. And you start reading because you're not on, on camera, so you can read. So that's number one. But number two is the biggest one. And I mentioned earlier is you've got to visualize talking to someone. Mm-hmm. You've got to. And, and that literally, I was so shy and so scared of being on camera when I started being a sportscaster back in 1989. But I knew I wanted to be one. I wanted to be one all my life. And I knew that if I had to, to, to be able to be on TV and do that job, I had to get over that fear. But the best way, easiest way for me to do it was not to look at the camera lens and to imagine, you know, tens or thousands or millions of people watching and think, Mm. oh my gosh, (laughs) all those people are are looking at me and now they're laughing or now they're pointing at, oh, no, you just, again, you've got to visualize that one person, whether it's your, your, your spouse, a child, a parent, a best friend, a coworker, a a sports fan, whatever Mm. it is, visualize that one person in a positive way to where everything you say they love <laughs> which i know it kind of sounds funny and and, and maybe it no it's great to well it's not like it's not like you say that thinking okay no matter what i am no matter what i say they think i'm great you still want to do your best but you can't go into it you know whether it's something scripted or unscripted you can't say it and visualize somebody going Mike, that was terrible. Oh my gosh. I can't believe you said you that. You got the stats all yeah, wrong. That's, that's ter- you look terrible. Oh my God. What's, what are you doing with those eyes? Why are you, why does your mouth look like that? That is just so weird. You can't think that. Right. You gotta, you gotta oh. picture someone again, whether it's, no matter, doesn't matter who it is, but picture one person who has a smile on their face, loves everything that you're having to say. Now, conversely, you also have to not fake it. And if you're talking about something sad, like we often do in parenting, aging parents, where True. when I'm talking about my mom and Alzheimer's, I'm not picturing somebody going, wow, that's great. That's neat. <laughs> you know, you, the, 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 um, the energy, the, the emotion has to coincide with what you're talking about, of mm-hmm. course, but mm-hmm. it has to be positive. So it's not someone who says, wow, you, you treated your mom like that. It's like, my mom fine what are you talking about no you don't you're not picturing anything negative you're you're picturing someone positive and picture that person on the other side of the lens Mm -hmm. not worrying as you know whether they whether there's a name right here that says christy or a picture of you or you being live you look at that lens Mm -hmm. or if if it's audio only you look at the microphone Mm -hmm. and you're talking to the microphone and you're picturing someone and you're conversing with Mm -hmm. a great friend just like you normally do, because we all have great conversations all the time with friends. So sure. there's nothing, there's nothing different here, except that the person that you're talking to doesn't know you very well. Chances are, cause they're, they're a podcaster who you may have never met, but now you're talking to them, but talk to them like it's a good, good friend. I think that's excellent because there's a huge emphasis on authenticity and everybody wants to show up in their real self and be authentic. And that's that's how you do it instead of trying to get inside of your own head and, oh, how do I bring out my most real me? It's mm-hmm. just picture yourself having a regular conversation and yeah, stop mm-hmm. worrying. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, right. don't try to be you, just mm-hmm. be you. Because mm-hmm. there, there's, there's a different difference. It's kind of like Kim and I tell people uh, about when you're on camera, you have to be a little, have a little extra energy. 
because you lose mm-hmm. something going from three-dimensional to two-dimensional mm-hmm. going from in-person to being on camera. So you have to just add a little energy. Now that doesn't mean you're going to be, Hey, Christy, it's great <laughs> to see you. This is so fun. You know, you're not going overboard like you're being a, a drama king or drama queen, but you're adding just a little extra energy. I compare it to, to if you have a kid, you know that, that you can't sometimes just say, Brandon, stop doing that. It's Brandon, stop doing that. Well, you're not raising your voice. You're just adding just a little extra energy so that they realize, mm-hmm. oh, 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 I need to stop. Okay. Well, it's the same thing here. Just add that little bit of extra energy. But that doesn't mean that you're being something that's not you. Mm-hmm. Keep being you. Because again, I go back to it and it sounds redundant, but there's a reason why you're successful at what you do. There's a reason why people respect you, why people admire you, why people love you, because you are you. So mm-hmm. let you come through that microphone and that camera. That extra energy is just to sort of compensate for the fact that you lose that energy energy that when it goes through the camera. Yeah. Very good point. I, I, it's easy to do. You get so, you can get wrapped up in the conversation and then you treat it like a normal conversation without remembering, okay, the people who are listening are not here and I do need to give a little extra emphasis to keep them, keep them with me here. Yeah. Yep. You have given so many amazing tips for everyone listening. Is there anything that I missed? Anything you want to leave people with? Any extra little pearl of wisdom? I think we got a lot out of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a lot. I I mean, I think so. One of the things I always like to think about too is just being really clear and Mm -hmm. knowing who your audience is so that you know. I need to, maybe they've never heard the concepts that I'm talking about. So even though we, t- I guess probably the only jargony word we use is sound bites, which I think is mm-hmm. more of a common, but you know, we kind of explained what it was, but you know, being mindful of the words that I'm using or the way I'm describing things, will other people be able to follow along? Knowing the audience makes a difference because if, if it is a technical audience, then yes, of course, you may talk in more technical terms than you might right. if it was a different kind of audience, but just, I think that's one thing that to really be, that's really helpful to is just knowing who am I talking to for the most part so that I can talk more to them. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me is, is there's some people who I've seen are saying, yeah, I don't want to do that yet. I need to get warmed up. I need to get psyched up and maybe in a, a month or so, maybe I'll be ready for it. You should be ready now. Because again, unless it's something brand new to your life that you've never talked about, in that mm-hmm. case, I don't know why you're talking on a podcast because you're not the expert. But again, you're the expert. You know, whether they're talking about you're talking about your business or your life or your family, anything, you're the expert. So you know it. So so go ahead and talk. Again, don't be scared to share your story. Again, whatever the story might be, with whoever it is who wants to talk to you about it, because you're scared of being on camera on the on the microphone. Because just treat it like talking to a friend because that's where the real you will come out and you'll really be able to connect with people. I, I like to tell people not to brag, but I think the reason why I won all those awards as a sportscaster wasn't because I was the greatest sportscaster or because I knew more about sports than other people, because I'd like to think I did, but I don't think that's what really came out. It's the fact that I was able to connect with people and they felt like they were talking to or listening to a good friend, tell them mm-hmm. about Longhorns or Cowboys or or whatever the sport was at the time, as opposed to being nervous about oh my gosh I don't I don't know if I'm ready for this. I definitely wasn't ready in 1989, and it took me a while to to get better and better and better. But just just know that that you have the confidence to just get out there mm-hmm. and take that step 
and just talk to a friend. And there is training, of course, that you can go through and things like that. If you oh, feel yeah. like I'm not quite there yet, or I'm getting really close. So yeah. that's something that you can, that, I mean, we did that in college. We mm-hmm. were, we were at UT together in journalism school. It's a long story. So we won't even go into that, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, so way back then we were kind of cutting our chops, if you will, like sure. practicing and practicing. And so I think there's ways to be able to get that training. One of the things that I like to tell people all the time is though, especially when they're doing interviews is just, or doing presentations, frankly, know that the audience has no idea what you're planning to say. So if you Mm -hmm. say it differently, as long as you get the gist across that you were planning to get, it's okay. Because we can get so in our own head about, oh, I had thought maybe I would use this example and I used a different one. Why did I do that? I don't know. The more you're overthinking and still thinking backward about what you just said, it's really difficult to keep moving forward. So if you can just remember that they don't have your notes, you know, they don't, they don't, they have no idea. They're not inside your head. They don't know what you're planning to say. So give, that can give you some freedom to be able to, again, know that you're going to end an interview a lot of times and realize, ah, man, well, I do it all the time. Oh man, I should have, I mean, because again, the perfectionist in me might never, he's like, oh, I thought that was great. And I was like, yeah, but we could have talked about this or whatever. And he's like, yeah, it was, it was good. So I, so you don't want to get too much in your own head, but I think that just know that there's always different ways that you could say it and that you might say it next time. But the biggest thing is that in the moment, just remember that they don't know what you're planning to say. So if you say it differently, that's okay. And that can give people comfort, I think, to just speak and use their expertise, which is why they're probably being asked the questions and own that. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you both so much. And for listeners, make sure you go to the show notes where we will have links for both barnsteammedia.com and Parenting Aging Parents. Thanks so much. And you guys are going to want to stay tuned for the other interview that I do with them on how to be a great interviewer. Thanks for listening. To succeed in business, you need brand awareness, authority, and trust. To get those, you need visibility. Podcasts offer each of these. It's a unicorn platform because it gives you the scarcest resource in digital marketing, attention. Did you know that 80% of podcast audiences listen to the entire episode and more than 50% consider buying from a brand or individual that they discover on a podcast? Building your own show and audience takes years. Grow faster by guest speaking on other podcasts to get more leads, build your SEO and strengthen your brand. To learn how my agency can help, email me at hello at christybilbury.com.